All right, big props to Hot Shell Ray with the I Hate LA song this week. And, of course, it is Rams week as the LA Rams come to town to take on the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Mike, I think a game we were probably looking forward to a lot more before last week's game against the Washington football team. Obviously, the Rams have been a team that has been a comparison for the Eagles, Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, Sean McVay, Doug Peterson, right? So it's a big hyped match. And I think Eagles fans are maybe a little bit uh, down on because of the way the team performed uh, last week. But Mike, uh, it is another episode of On a Couch in Delco, and it is Eagles Rams week. So Mike, what are your thoughts on this week's matchup for the birds? So I'll start off with this. Doug Peterson owns that little needle-nosed pencil neck, Sean McVay. He's beaten, what, all three times they played at least? Or all but both of the times, whatever it is? I, I think it's 2-0. I, I don't yeah, remember a third matchup, but 3-0 yeah, after this weekend, maybe. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm already giving them the, the Stone Cold Mortar Lock uh, dub this week. I do think they come out. Um, I do think Carson holds on to the ball, um, which is going to have a it, – it's going to be in part of uh, of Doug not thinking this is uh, Madden 21 on his PlayStation 4, uh, and it's on rookie uh, difficulty, and he just puts every wide receiver on streaks. Carson Wentz has a seven-step drop, that, and, and you just roll him out to the left and throw it off balance, and it's a touchdown every time. That's not how it works in the NFL, Doug. Um, so I think he knows that. I think he's going to call a game that better suits his opponent, especially with uh, Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. Um, they are two very good uh, defensive players. And, I mean, they, they basically shut the Cowboys down on Sunday night. It was nice to see. Um, You've seen that we didn't tweet anything out from our uh, On a Couch and Delco podcast, because you know what? The Eagles lost, too. So you, you just got to eat your food and move on. It's nice to, to start the uh, Cowboys season off 0-1, but terrible for the Eagles to start off 0-1 as well. Um, and the Redskins, of all teams, are out there in first place after the first week at 1-0 with the Giants uh, losing against the Steelers on the uh, Monday night game, which – I'm going to throw this in before we really get into birds. Why can't they have two Monday night games every week like that? They have a, a seven o'clock start on the East coast and they have the 10 o'clock start on the West coast or 10 30, whatever it ended up being. I think that's perfect. I, I, I love that. I love that idea. Yeah. It's definitely one of the things that are always great about opening weekend. You have that East coast, West coast, Monday night football <laughs> game. I think it's probably from a player standpoint. I don't know if the, the players, Monday night football doesn't have the cachet that it did, you know, a, a few years back kind of Sunday night football has taken that over. And I think players, I don't think players mind as much playing on Monday night football. I think it's the Monday night followed up by Sunday, the next week. That uh, is why we probably haven't seen more Monday night football yeah, games. That's, that's probably it. I didn't, I didn't really think about that, but as a fan, I, I'd rather have it start at seven o'clock. <laughs> And uh, what's it like eight? They say eight twenty, but really kickoffs like eight thirty four. So it's it's that whole thing we ran into with like the Flyers in the uh, in the playoffs. The 
the game said seven o'clock, but really it was seven twenty-three. So we got used to it. So it's just kind of how it goes from there. But uh, we got a couple of good uh, injury uh, reports today from practice, um, Tom. So we got I got this from uh, Dave Zangaro. Um, he's one of my uh, go-to guys with with all this information. Okay. Uh, so the Eagles injury report for today, um, that's Thursday, the practice uh, that they had earlier this afternoon. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey still has not practiced. Uh, he is still out with that lingering foot issue from all the way back in October last year. Um, limited practice. Now this is where the good news comes in. Uh, we got Lane Johnson is limited, but he was only limited today um, because that was the plan. Uh, that was the plan to kind of uh, hold him back a little bit today, save him a little bit for Sunday. So that's the first bit of good news. The second bit of good news is the uh, player who was in the concussion protocol that we kind of talked about on Sunday night, um, thinking it was going to be a concussion. Um, Brandon Graham was limited today. So that means he is most likely out of the concussion protocol. So that is awesome to see. And then another player on that defensive line, Hasn't suited up yet for the Eagles, but I think when he's out there in rotation um, with Malik Jackson and, uh, and Fletcher Cox, it's going to be a formidable trio at the defensive tackle position, and that is Javon Hargrave. He's still nursing a hamstring and a pec issue. Um, so him being limited today is pretty good news. Maybe he'll uh, suit up and have some limited duty on Sunday. Um, however, full duty, I think he's still uh, a week away. But all those limited guys that practice today, that's awesome news for the Eagles. Um, and even better news, guys, uh, full participants at practice today, which means they did everything and anything they had to do today at practice. Uh, first, we got Jason Peters, who was limited uh, yesterday um, with a knee injury. He was a full participant today, so that is nice to see. Um, next, two players who did not play last week against the Washington football team. Um, that is Miles Sanders with that hamstring. He is practicing in full and fully expected to play on Sunday. And Derek Barnett, also with another hamstring injury, he was a full participant today and also fully expected to play on Sunday. So lots of good news all around for the Eagles. They are still a little beat up, but you know what, Tom? seems like the injuries are subsiding or at least they are trying to have them be uh, subsided because maybe the players are hearing us fans like how can you know, everybody be injured this is getting ridiculous but um, I'm one of the guys who kind of thought injuries were going to happen especially these hamstrings and and, and things like that but um, it's the other injuries like the the pec injury and ankle injuries and the foot injuries that that are still kind of kind of lingering with this Eagles football team. And it's, it's been like that for the last three years, but it seems like everybody who was injured is starting to, to come back and is on the men. So that's great news, Tom. Yeah. They, they need to get the smoothie maker back uh, at the Novacare complex from Chip Kelly. If there was one thing uh, that was a benefit from Chip Kelly's time with the Eagles was it seemed like uh, the team was a little bit more healthy uh, with especially some of those tall, soft tissue injuries. But it's good. It sounds like uh, if everything goes as it's sounding like right now, we're going to have Lane Johnson back. We touched upon it on the last episode, just the Eagles record with and without uh, Lane Johnson in the lineup. So I think that'll be big. Having a legit 
running attack with uh, Miles Sanders there, I think will be a huge uh, addition as well. And especially with, with uh, Vinny Curry, who I believe is done for the season at this point. You didn't list yeah. him because I think he is absolutely like out. And, uh, Craig James, I think either of them are definitely done for yeah. the year. They, you know, they are certainly done for the year. So being able to get uh, Barnett and Brandon Graham back to shore up that defensive line uh, will definitely provide some, some bolstering to uh, this Eagles team that kind of went into the Redskins game a little nicked up and it kind of got worse for the Eagles. It was almost like the, the opposite of the body bag uh, game, if you will. So definitely key to get, you know, some players back on the field that were certainly needed. Uh, you need them for the Redskins game, but good that we're getting them back for uh, this Rams game. Mike, I know you touched upon it, kind of a play calling of, Doug Peterson. I think that's going to be key in this game. Definitely need to rethink the game plan and certainly not come with what we saw against the Redskins team. I think there's been a lot of made of just just baffling game plan going into that Redskins game. Maybe not at first, but certainly as the offensive line started to really show some cracks and the and the Washington defensive line was able to get through sticking with the game plan that we had last week was certainly uh, just one of the more head-scratching things uh, with Doug Peterson in this offense. I got to tell you, we got our work cut out for us, as you mentioned, with Aaron Donald on that defensive line. One of, if not the top player uh, in the NFL right now. You saw the way, uh, if you watched either the the Cowboys game with the Rams last week or even saw some of the highlights he's he's probably at his peak right now just to start this early season the way he just kind of manhandled uh Zeke Elliott while great to see uh last week it it gives you something to worry about with this Eagles team I think having Miles Sanders back will be important I think we maybe didn't give enough credit for his pass blocking capabilities uh and his responsibilities for pass blocking with this uh, Eagles offense. But I think we're going to have to, we're going to have to put Carson Wentz in a position to succeed. I I know that's a very common phrase and kind of throw it out there, but what do we mean by that? I I think it is not necessarily counting on the seven step drops, let it, you know, these kind of slow developing plays, and then you're trying to stretch the field constantly, right? If you're not worried about Aaron Donald pressure in your face, you also have Jalen Ramsey back there. It's going to be covering your receivers. I think it's going to be a tough, it's going to be a tough matchup for uh, Djax or Jalen Rieger, depending upon where uh, Ramsey decides to line up. So I think really thinking about rolling Carson out of the pocket, getting him away from Aaron Donald, doing more quick strikes, taking advantage of the tight end. I think that's going to be the key to this game. What do you think on on that, Mike? Yeah, I think. Uh... I do think Doug can make uh, adjustments week to week. Um, it's just sticking to that game plan once he gets in there. Um, and, and once the, the Eagles get up 17 nothing, and he thinks his offense is invincible and, and starts calling timeouts when uh, the, the opposing team's driving, that's what Doug has to get away from. Uh, I do think we come out now. I do think he's going to trust Miles Sanders back there. Um, 
I mean, I hope he does because uh, they really need to get a running game going. I, I know I harped on it on uh, Sunday afternoon when we did our post-game live, uh, but it's something that needs to get done. Uh, we, we can't throw the ball deep on first and 10 and then run for a yard, and now it's already third and nine. Um, that, that's just how you kill drives as a coach and as a play caller. So it, it needs – we need to have some balance. I, I know you can't run the ball every first down, but um, you know what? The majority of those first downs should be uh, pretty easy runs, get three or four yards and a, and a cloud of dust, like I said. But uh, I, I think – I think Doug knows what he has to do. Um, I, I know a lot of people are putting those interceptions on Carson, but we talked about it on Sunday as well. Uh, they're not 100% on Carson. Uh, those, those rookie wide receivers that those uh, balls were targeting, they have to fight for him a little bit more. Um, both wide receivers look like they just kind of gave up on the ball and it was picked off. Um, but uh, I, I, think, I think this week we're going to see a different Eagles offense, a different Eagles team. Um, and, and they'll come. And like I said, I don't think there's anything wrong with the defense. I understand they gave up a few points, um, but they didn't give up a drive over 55 yards the entire game. It's pretty damn good. You just got to keep the ball as an offense and, and don't turn it over and don't give the offense short fields so that the uh, defense can actually stop them, get them off, maybe stop them for a field goal here and there. But uh, all in all, I think this defense is, is a pretty solid one. I did want to bring up uh, two other injuries. Uh, they're not really injuries, but they have to be listed on the injury report. And that was Deshaun Jackson. Um, I don't understand why he needed rest, Tom. Uh, he only played 50% of the snaps on Sunday, so I'm not too sure. He said he wasn't injured. He, he, he thanked the fans for thinking of him. Um, but – uh, he needed rest today, and Fletcher Cox was out today um, due to rest, but not injury-related. Um, and you already talked about it. You already talked about what I wanted to talk about today, and that's that offensive line um, and, and how they gave up all those sacks and pressures. Well, the Eagles saw it. Uh, we talked about it. Vinny Curry, Craig James, both on IR, both probably done for the year. Maybe they can come back if the Eagles make the playoffs or get deep into the playoffs. But uh, the Eagles brought uh, Opeta off of their practice squad. Um, they also signed another player who was on the Chicago's Bears, a uh, Chicago's Chicago Bears practice squad, and that's uh, Jamon Brown. Now, I got to tell you, w when I saw that he was on a practice squad, I, I knew of Jamon Brown. He, he started against the Eagles three times um, one, uh, with three different teams, the Falcons, the Giants, and the Rams. Uh, and we're playing the Rams funny this week, but uh, this guy's played in 60 NFL games and has 47 starts and he's sitting on the Chicago uh, Bears practice squad. I'll give credit where credit's due. Good for Howie going out and poaching this guy off the Bears because you know what? He may not start this week because um, uh, Nate Herbig, he played very well. He had one of the best pass uh, protector ratings from from pro football focus i know i hate pro football uh, focus too but you know what he was the the best pass protector on the eagles last week so he may not start over him this week but he's a good insurance plan to have um behind nate herbig yeah and i think if you took a look at the sacks from last week i i don't know as much about uh you know, the Eagles signing, but certainly having that many starts and, and especially if there's three against the birds, I, I think that's, 
definitely a way to add depth uh, to your offensive line. But I agree on – I took a look at some of the – I think all eight sacks that were given up. And honestly, if you look at all eight of them, I think you can pretty honestly put five of them really on Carson Wentz. and, and just I said the, that after the game, Tom, so you saw them, right? You were right. Uh, you, you, you know, one of the few times. Yeah, there you go. But, uh, you know, if, if you really look at them, I think about five were, were truly on Carson Wentz, holding on to the ball, trying to make a play. I think that is something that he needs to clean up. I think one of the things that was telling for me, uh, Carson Wentz always seemed to have that duck under move where he was able to escape the sack and, and kind of duck under and, and make a play. The Redskins – Sorry, Washington football team's uh, defensive line read that pretty well. So they had that uh, scouted. So they were kind of looking for that, which may have caused uh, Carson Wentz to not be as elusive as maybe we have seen in previous years. The, the other two, I think, or three, you have one that came from the left side. I couldn't tell from the, the footage I saw whether that was uh, JP or uh, – say Amalu on the left-hand side that caused that one. And the two that came from the right side, uh, one I think you can pin on the running back not picking up. I think it was Boston Scott that was in at the time not picking up the right player. And then the other one was, I think, a miscommunication. So we talked about it on the post-game live episode. It didn't seem like – I think the encouraging thing from those new guys on the offensive line was it didn't seem like they were beat, just couldn't handle the pressure and were just getting beat by their man. Uh, to get to the football. It seemed like there was communication and scheme, things that are more easily worked on than just manning up against a guy and getting beat. So it's encouraging that we didn't see that from Herbig or Driscoll when he was in there as well. Uh, Mayalata got beat, I think, a little bit more, and you saw started to see even more cracks in that offensive line when uh, Mayalata was in there on the right side. But with Lane Johnson back, uh, I, I think you probably keep Herbig in at center, and then Driscoll remains kind of your, your swing tackle there. I think we should see a, a better offensive line for the Eagles coming this week. With enforcement, you know, reinforcements on the way, if uh, Jamon is able to, uh, you know, get in, understand the playbook, and get up to speed pretty quick. We do have one of the better offensive line coaches in the NFL. I still believe that, so that should – uh, be an addition. Mike, you touched upon the Eagles defense, and I agree, 27 points sounds like a lot, but they're actually the number one rated defense after this week, uh, in just in terms of yards given up because of the short fields that uh, the, the Eagles offense gave to the Washington team uh, this year. But what do you think are going to be the keys on the defensive side of the ball going against this Sean McVay and L.A. Rams offense? I got to tell you, if they stop, they don't even have to stop anybody. I, I don't. I mean, Malcolm Brown scored two touchdowns. Whoop de do. Um, uh, Cam Akers didn't look that great last week, so they're probably going to look to feed Malcolm Brown a little bit more this week. Um, Cooper Cup, he kind of scares me a little bit because the Eagles kind of, kind of not fail, but they struggle against wide receivers like that. Um, kind of elusive guys who you don't really think about too much. Um, but 
this offense will never scare me, and that's because of Jared Goff and his chicken legs. Um, I just don't think he's that great of a quarterback. I, I, I think he is uh, – if Carson and Dak are, are, are at the same level, he's about five steps below Carson and Dak right now. Um, I just don't think he uh, – he just doesn't impress me. He has never impressed me. Um, he's just – to me, he's a game manager. Um, he's like a – maybe like a uh, Andy Dalton type who has like good games every once in a while. But but you kind of rely on your defense and, and, and hope they kind of carry you through and just don't lose a game. Um, but uh, Sean McVay, maybe he could tell me what, what play he ran in, in college at – at the exact minute and what the what the result was and whatever else he can do with that stupid bar trick uh, of a mind that he has but to me he's just he's an, he's just another NFL coach i don't understand why people go goo goo gaga over him so um am i worried about the eagles yes do i think they can win this game 100% yes um especially being home they don't have to travel this time um, I still, I know there's not going to be fans. They're not going to see fans tailgating and stuff like that. Um, but, but this Rams game to me screams a nice W for the Eagles. Um, and then we can, maybe then we can rub it into the, uh, to the Cowboys face and, and, um, say, hey, look, we beat, we beat the Rams. So maybe you guys aren't, aren't as uh, good as you really think you are. Um, but, uh, moving on, uh, from my point, my key to the game. Um, every week, guys, we're going to start uh, giving you this nice half hour long, maybe a little longer some weeks, uh, Eagles uh, breakdown of the game. Um, I will start with my key to the game. Um, and this doesn't go for just Carson Wentz. It doesn't go for, uh, for, for just Miles Sanders. It goes for everybody. Um, uh, Jalen Rager, too, because he uh, muffed the punt on Sunday. Do not turn the ball over at any point during this game. Do not give the Rams offense a short field um, and, a, and a grade A scoring opportunity. That is paramount in this game. It needs to, it doesn't, well, hold on, how, how am I going to say that? The, the turnovers do not need to happen. We, we cannot turn the ball over um, this week. That is a, uh, an A the number one bullet point, point A, the first bullet point in the PowerPoint, it's all of those things. Do not turn the ball over this week against the uh, L.A. Rams. Yeah, obviously that created a lot of the issues that the Eagles had against the, the football team. Mike, that is never going to get easy to say. I'm really hoping that they end up coming up with a – mascot at some point uh just calling them the football team every time sounds ridiculous at any rate but you're right I mean it, it was the turnovers let I mean you had an offense or you had a defense on the Eagles that really had that offense buried every time and I think it was the turnovers that really gave that team life and was able to get them uh back into the game and, and I think the Rams will make you pay for it even more uh on both sides of the ball uh, so definitely one that I think we need to see a better game out of Carson Wentz in terms of controlling the football. And, and it goes for everybody else. We have certainly seen our fair share of, of these players in the past, maybe not necessarily game one this year, but where, you know, 
fumbles and everything like that. So definitely need to make sure that we protect the ball for week two. Sorry, I was on mute. I thought I was talking. Um, yeah, you know what? I, I, I'm. That, that's just really my only key to 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 this game. Don't don't turn the ball over and you win the game. I mean, really, that should be every NFL game. You think? Um, yeah, I, I think the statistics are pretty uh, convincing there that uh, teams that win the uh, turnover battle end up ultimately. Uh, winning, winning that game, game. and, and yeah, I think you have you know Malcolm Malcolm Brown is not a stud running back and that's going up against a what I think is the strength of this Eagles defense in the defensive line Cam Akers hasn't looked uh hot yet uh it's been one game I have him on my fantasy team so I am hoping that he shows a little bit something uh not this week maybe week three but um, and, and then there were wide receivers. Robert Woods, I think, is a is a pretty decent player. Seems to be uh, golf's number one target uh, on that field. So I think it will be interesting to see if you see uh, Slay roll over and cover Robert Woods. I don't think Robert Woods is necessarily the type of player that you need to track on the field. Uh, Avante Maddox is probably more than capable of, of matching up with the speed of Robert Woods. And, uh, but Cooper Cup is a little bit shifty. He is a great route runner, is able to find seams in the defense. What will be interesting to see is how uh, these uh, linebackers, who played a fairly decent game against the Washington football team, how they are able to handle kind of playing in space and playing coverage and, and the linkage between the linebackers and the secondary. Yeah, that's a that's another big point. I I do think they played all right though. Um, I, I was kind of impressed with T.J. Edwards in the middle there. Um, so we'll we'll see how they how they go this week. They're not like you said. They're not going up against the stoutest running back, um, or the most elusive set of running backs. Uh, so that that's a that's a plus for him. Um, especially if Javon Hargraves play. If if he plays. Um, I, I think this, this team should shut this, uh, this LA running attack down pretty, uh, pretty well. And if that happens, I think they can get after, um, Jared Goff and, and his chicken legs back there and get a couple sacks and maybe cause a uh, sack fumble or tip a ball up in the air that one of the linebackers kind of, uh, intercepts and maybe, uh, takes back for a touchdown. Maybe that, maybe that's my, um, Maybe that's my pick of the game. Maybe the Eagles defense to score, Tom. How do you like that one? That's a, that's a pretty good one. I, I do like that. I think it, it, the game kind of sets up well for that. So uh, each game, everybody, we're going to kind of give our thoughts. You know, we have the bet segment, and we'll do that towards the end of the episode. But we're also planning to kind of give our thoughts. If you want to just, hey, maybe you're not into betting, but you definitely want to bet uh, the birds each week. We'll give you our thoughts separately on the Eagles game and, and maybe some bets that you can do on that game, as well as, uh, you know, the, the bets that we do at the end of the episode. But, Mike, want to talk about betting right now, at least on the Eagles game. Interesting maneuvers on or, or moves on this Eagles line. Uh, if you looked at the look-ahead lines, right, so lines generally go up, and I'll touch upon this when we get into the betting segment. Uh, lines for the week are typically posted uh, almost right before, at least you can get them on FanDuel, 
are right like almost during the pregame of Sunday night football. So if if you turn off Red Zone, you switch over to Football Night in America on NBC Sports or whatever that pregame show is called, you can generally pull up your FanDuel or your DraftKings app, and they already have the lines posted for week two. The Eagles started the week as a three-point favorite against the LA Rams. So basically, if you think about home field advantage, which I don't know how much of that we actually do have at this point with uh, no fans in attendance, but uh, basically three points in the NFL is basically saying the teams are equally matched and the Eagles get the three points for the home field. I don't know if it was a combination of the Rams Cowboys game or just kind of the the, the betters started seeing that line and they started to move the line, but it shifted all the way to the point where the Rams were a one point favorite and the Eagles were getting a point. Now it's been bet back the other way a little bit. And as it stands, as we're, as we're recording this podcast, the Eagles are a one and a half point favorite against the LA Rams. So Mike, what are your thoughts on, the Eagles minus a point and a half against this LA Rams team. That's a that's a really odd line and an odd, like you said, odd shifts throughout the week. And you know what? I expect it to shift again, um, probably towards the uh, towards a Saturday night ish. Um, once we see the uh, the actual injury list and who's not going to play, um, but uh. uh I wish I seen it when the Eagles were a uh, were getting a point because I would have jumped all over that. Um, but uh, and right now it's uh, it's it's pretty close. The Eagles are the not even the I know they are the money line favorite. I was looking at it the other way around, uh, but that's it's kind of odd um, that 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 is only a point and a half. And like you said, I really don't think the home field counts for much. Unless you're a West Coast team taking a flight all the way to the East Coast, um, so I think uh, I think that's where the uh, point and a half comes. I think the three point favorite was really a three point favorite this time. It wasn't just because they were the home team, um, but I guess everybody liked the Rams after that Cowboys game, shutting them down twenty to seventeen. Um, but they showed no offensive power, uh, and I think the Eagles can score more than 20 points, and I think the Eagles' defense will keep the Rams to under 20 points. Um, so I am definitely going – can I get my picks now? For the Eagles? Absolutely. Let's do it. I'll get my picks now. So I'm taking the Eagles' uh, money line. Uh, I'm taking the under 46, um, but I'm taking the over on the home team points at 23. It's kind of odd. So I'm going to take the under, but the over on the uh, home team, over 23 points. So, no, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. And, and you yeah. touched on, I think, what is the key from a betting standpoint for me this game. You have an L.A. team that has to fly. That's a five-hour, five-and-a-half-hour flight, right? You're wearing a mask the entire time on the flight, right? Travel, this is normally a tough travel time. And then you're, you're adding this complication of having to wear a mask and everything like that on the flight, social distancing aspect. And then you have a one o'clock start for the game, right? So definitely the natural, that's 10 a.m. LA time. Are you ready? Are you equipped to be 
you know, kind of going out there and playing at, at 10 a.m., especially earlier in the season with no preseason. There's a lot of factors here that I think give an advantage to the Eagles. I actually like the Eagles. I'll take the minus uh, one and a half points because I, I agree with you. I think it's like a maybe a 23-17, 24-20 type game. So I'm also leaning I like towards all those numbers. I'm leaning towards the under. I don't know if I'm going to bet the under on this, but I, I think if I had to pick a way, I'd, I'd probably go under there. But, uh, yeah, I like the Eagles uh, giving up the point and a half. I think they win this game by three or four points, and I do think uh, it's probably going to stay under. I think if you look at the Eagles' defense even last year, their splits home and road, and, and the points that they gave up was uh, – was kind of drastic and, and maybe that had to do with the fans and in, in attendance and everything like that. But I'm going to say that the, uh, the dominance of the defense uh, sticks here as well. And uh, we see, I, I like the, uh, the under there. I could even see the uh, home team over on the 23 points that, uh, that makes sense to me. Yeah. I like 24, 17, like you said. <laughs> <laughs> that would be uh, that would be perfect for my bet. Uh, now, where I did uh, I did do a same game parlay on this. I did the uh, the Eagles money line and the uh, the under total forty six points. Um, that got me plus uh, two thirty six. Um, so if I uh, it just just to give me a little bit more value on on the under and picking the Eagles, that's why I went with the same game parlay um, on that one. So. There's my picks. Is that your? That's all of your picks for this game. Yeah. So, Mike, what about a uh, in terms of we want to give everybody if you want to bet on individual players or player props. Yeah, I don't what have. Are, what are your thoughts there? I'm trying to pull up now. Uh, I guess I can go on DraftKings, huh? DraftKings definitely has better player props than than FanDuel. I'm trying to pull them up as we as we speak. Uh, one of the things that I think I like in this game, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, is for the uh, tight ends to get involved in this game. I think Zach Ertz has done very well against the Rams in the past. Uh, he definitely got the touchdown against uh, Washington, and, and I think he's going to come back and actually uh, score another touchdown in this game as well. So I'm liking the player prop for. Uh, Zach Ertz to score a touchdown. I'm trying to pull up where the – I don't think player props are no, they don't available have yet. But uh, I would certainly be looking at uh, Zach Ertz to get another touchdown in this game. That'd be uh, good for me too, Tom. I may even, depending upon what the number is, be looking at the uh, over yardage uh, for Zach Ertz because I think uh, yeah. we are going to see a more – Controlled a more disciplined offense out of the Philadelphia Eagles, utilizing those those tight ends. I mean, you might even see a fairly decent game out of uh, Goddard as well. Yeah, that would be nice. I, I I am going to give a recommendation for the Eagles defense to get a score somehow, um, defense or special teams. I really thought Jalen Reger was going to pop one in the return game yesterday. I had a nice return, um, didn't really get too far, but he did make a couple people miss. But I would go with the Eagles defense slash special teams uh, to get a touchdown. That's usually something like plus 600, plus 500, something like that. So, yeah, 
pretty decent value on it. Uh, once it pops up, uh, we'll tweet them out. Uh, that way you get the actual number um, of, of what they're going to be. But, uh, yeah, speaking of that, uh, that Zach Ertz, um, let's, uh, you want to do our fantasy, uh, fantasy uh, spot right now, too, with our Eagles uh, spot? Sure. Let's, let's go into it. I, right. uh, go ahead. So this week, I, uh, I think it was a pretty good trade for me. I, I think the guy messed up um, by hitting the accept button as quick as he did. Um, I always look to – I don't know what it is with me in drafting tight ends. In other words, I, I drafted uh, Hayden Hurst, um, who's not a bad tight end. I think he's going to have a decent year. Um, but I really wanted Zach Ertz in the uh, second round, or maybe it was the uh, the the fourth round. I can't I can't remember what which one it was when it was snaking back to me a pick one, uh, but I didn't get him. Um, so I've been trying the trade uh, with the guy who drafted him for a couple weeks now. I mean, I, I even went to the part last week before game one. I offered him Hayden Hurst, um, Jerry Judy, and. Eric Ebron and maybe another spot all for Zach Ertz. Um, and he declined it. So I was like, all right, well, he just wants Zach Ertz. And um, after the game on Sunday, uh, Monday, I, I decided, you know what, I'm going to try again. So I, I gave him uh, Marquise Valdez Scantling, um, who had a pretty good game. Uh, and I, and I, is I, one of your, it's one of your favorite players for fantasy this year. Yeah, I think he's going to be a decent player, but he's never going to score 20 points again this year. Um, he might score 10, 15, 16, 17 points um, every once in a while, but that is not going to be the the output that you get um, each week. And I put Hayden Hurst back in the deal, and it was accepted immediately. Um, so I really do like that trade, getting Zach Ertz this week. And it looks like I'm really going to need him this week because uh, three of my uh, top four wide receivers are questionable this week. And it looks like uh, Godwin and Galladay are both not going to play. It looks like Henry Ruggs probably won't play as well, not participating today um, with that hamstring injury. So I am going to be hamstrung at the uh, wide receiver position this week. Uh, I might have to uh, sit here and pick someone up off of the uh, waiver wire. Uh, but last week was a pretty good week for, uh, for the uh, ChristianMingle.com side in our redraft league. Um, I did win last week something like 165 to, to 109 or 156 to 109, something like that. So it was a pretty decent week. This week might be a little tougher. Um, I already took Galladay and Godwin out um, of my lineup just to kind of see where I would be at. And right now I'm projected to score 141 points. So I'll be, uh, I'll be squeezing cheeks this week, guys. <laughs> It'll be a tight one for uh, the ChristianMingle.com side. So what are, your, uh, what are your fantasy thoughts for this week, Tom? Yeah, so uh, I had a pretty rough week, uh, week one. I, you know, Saquon was my uh, first-round pick, and he did nothing against what I think is going to be a very, very good uh, Pittsburgh Steelers team uh, this year, but didn't get a lot of production out of a lot of my players. Uh, fortunately, I was going against a, a team that also had a, a fairly off week. So it did come down to Monday night. I did like my chances going into Monday night. And, and Saquon needed a, a big game, not a huge game, but a big game. And, and 
I think he had five yards on 15 carries or, or something like that. Uh, he was just swallowed up by that offensive line. So I already had some concerns with my RB2 in that league just because I focused on wide receivers and, and picked uh, running back late. But if uh, Saquon's not able to get anything going, I think it's going to be a rough uh, year for uh, me uh, this redraft season. So remains to be seen. I have a, a matchup this week where it kind of goes back and forth. I think Yahoo updates the point projections uh, daily and then – you go on, I'm projected to win. You go on, you know, later in the day, and my opponent's projected to win. So uh, pretty much a toss-up uh, this week and remains to be seen. So we'll, uh, we'll see how things go. Deshaun uh, Watson is my, uh, my quarterback, and he's going against the Baltimore defense. This is after going against the Kansas City defense uh, last week so uh, it's been a rough patch uh, a rough start but that's why you gotta bang the waiver wire start throwing out some trades and hopefully uh turn things around as i said on the last episode i i have a tendency to go into fantasy hating my team and that just makes it that much easier to to get rid of players and trades and, and waiver wire so oh and one not uh all hope is not lost yet i'm not going to panic and freak out over just one week but we'll Week two is not looking that great either. Yeah, I have to start Peyton Barber this week. So if that's any uh, that's any indication, hopefully he scores another two touchdowns. Uh, it was Washington player. We're playing Denver, um, so he might might get a no, they're not. They're playing Arizona, so I'm even a little bit more happy about that. But uh, I did want to talk about my backup running back situation. That's Jonathan Taylor. Um, kind of got a little lucky with that one, uh, I feel, with uh, unfortunately Marlon Mack going down with an injury uh, in one of my previous dynasties. Marlon Mack was my centerpiece the last two years, my best running back. Uh, so I, I don't have any ties to him now, but uh, it is, it's a shame to see a player that, that suffers injuries go down again with another injury. But this time it helps me for this week, at least with my running back situation. I might have two top five running backs uh, in the league now with Jonathan Taylor being the bell cow out there. Um, maybe not getting the uh, the touches that Naeem Hines will get on, on the, the passing downs and, and third down draws and stuff like that, but he'll get the uh, goal line looks. So that'll be, uh, that'll be good for, uh, for ChristianMingle.com. And my quarterback this week's going against New England. So he has uh, Gilmore to deal with. That's uh, Russell Wilson, of course. Um, and now my top my top uh, wide receiver my, my top wide receiver this week is uh, DK Metcalf, so he has to go up against Gilmore too. So that's a little suspect this week. I uh, I definitely will be eking it out, Tom. Yeah, you never know, right? Any given Sunday, especially in fantasy, you know, DK could blow up for thirty six points and and save your week. I hope so. I mean, I had, he, he had uh, – how many points did he have last week? I think he had something like 20-something. 19.5. So, he had a pretty decent week last week. Uh, my my week last week was all McCaffrey and Wilson. I mean, the, they scored uh, almost uh, 90 points combined. So, they're not 90 points, uh, 78 points combined. So, that was that was nice to see. So, we'll see how our uh, redraft week uh, – redraft uh, fantasy week goes uh, – 
starting tonight. And uh, we'll be back next week to kind of update you, see if we made any trades or if I made a uh, pickup on the uh, waiver wire for, for a uh, wide receiver this week, which it looks like I probably will have to. I have some wide receivers if you want to throw me a, a running back, though. So maybe we can talk. We'll talk after the I'll pod. give you Joshua Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you Peyton Barber for, <laughs> for anybody. <laughs> For, for waiver wire money if we could do that in this draft. <laughs> uh, this is a redraft league. All right. Um, All right. So let's talk the other team that's in action right now, and that's the Philadelphia Phillies. And it seems to be kind of the – also had a rough weekend uh, this weekend in losing, dropping – Five out of seven games to the Miami Marlins. I think they are now hanging on by a thread to a playoff spot. But, Mike, it seems like a lot of moves were made, but we're still getting the same result. And this bullpen continues to let down this Phillies team. Yeah. I mean, you can't have a starting pitcher go last night it was either seven and a third or seven and two thirds um, only giving up like a run and, and then coming out with a no decision after being up four to one, when he goes out of the game, just cannot happen. And it seems to happen time in and time out with the Philadelphia Phillies. And right now they are a full game behind the Miami Marlins um, for that uh, second I don't know what they're calling it, the second place finish in in the uh, NL East. And we talked about the Eagles laundry list of injuries. I, I, I think the uh, the Phillies might have a CVS list of injuries <laughs> at this point. It seems guys are just piling up. Uh, thank God. I literally thank God Wheeler was able to come back from that freak injury. Oh, is he zippering up his pants or pulling his pants up and he ripped his fingernail off or something like that? Yeah, apparently he's Ooh. had issues with the fingernail before. So maybe that's just something, you know, it's – Got to put like a metal plate or something in. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I guess he needs it for, for one of his all-speed pitches, maybe, you know, the, the curve or whatever, where you yeah. kind of use that fingernail to get into the, to the stitching. Uh, but, yeah, was able to come back, pitch very well for – uh, his game back, but then uh, there are a couple guys that I wish would lose some fingernails in this Phillies bullpen, uh, let them down again. And, Mike, you had an interesting stat about a team that is right on the heels or maybe even caught the Phillies at this point in the playoff race. Yeah, so uh, I, I was just snooping around this morning. I didn't know if it was – I had a migraine all day today, so I didn't know if it was this morning or yesterday, so I didn't know if it was still true. But it is because I just checked it on, on Thursday, um, September 17th. Your Philadelphia Phillies sit at 500, 24 and 24. Um, but there's another team out there that has a former Phillies manager, a very recent Phillies former manager, that is also 24 and 24, Tom. And that is none other than Gabe Kapler and his uh, coconut oil – I mean his uh, – is San Francisco Giants team out there at 24 and 24 as well. So, Tom, I got a question for you, and everybody knows where this is going. Why'd we fire him? 
We fired him because he's a terrible manager. Thank you. And <laughs> I, I think if it wasn't for this Phillies bullpen, I, it, it's unreal. I think the Phillies, they've played 48 games. I think they've had a lead in 37 of them or something like that. I, I think uh, definitely made the right call hiring uh, Joe Girardi as the manager of this Philadelphia Phillies team. But I think it just speaks to the problems maybe further up the organization chain with uh, Clentac and not being able to, I don't, I don't know what the situation is uh, with this Phillies bullpen. We, we brought in four new guys and it seems to be uh, the same result, but yeah, I, I can understand the giants are now, uh, I think just like the Washington football team being in first place and Gabe Kapler now has a team in playoff contention. I, I that's 2020 for you folks. I, I think that's the only thing we can chalk that up to. Yeah. So what, what was it? I was just thinking. So Bryce Harper a couple weeks ago, wanted the Phillies to go nine out of the next 10 and they did. JT Romuto wanted the Phillies to go 10 for their next 10 and they proceeded to lose uh, eight of those 10. <laughs> so that's a, that was a very unfortunate circumstances there. Um, but nobody's going to remember he said that because they lost eight out of 10, but I'm pretty sure that's how it worked. Um, yeah, not, not good for our fight and fills. Uh, and somehow Klentak will use that against signing Real Muto. Well, he's not really great at forecasting wins. Hey, can't, can't predict the future. Uh, go shove it, Klentak, with your stupid pencil pushing stuff. But yeah, it, it's, uh, it's not looking good for the fills. It's not over, but th this bullpen just, it doesn't make you feel good when they go out there. They don't give you a warm feeling in your stomach like the beer I'm drinking right now that gives you a, uh, a warm feeling, feeling at your, uh, out your hindquarters at the, <laughs> at the end of the game because they, they shit it away, guys, is what I'm saying. <laughs> just not a, not a good look for the fighting fills. They need a complete – uh, yeah, I'm going to say they need a complete bullpen overhaul. They need 14 new guys in here next year for that bullpen. Uh, I, I don't think there's – not unless they try to give Workman another year. I mean, last year, what, he gave up 29 hits and in 71 innings. Um, maybe they give him another year run out. But everybody else in, in that bullpen can uh, can go. Maybe maybe big boy Tommy Hunter can stay. He, he's pretty decent. Yeah, um, I think the key is signing guys in the bullpen that had a terrible season last year. Yeah, yeah. I think bullpen pitchers across Major League Baseball are just so volatile from one season to the next. So maybe the key is we need to sign a guy with – well, we did. Who was that? Uh, Guerra, who, who got oh, yeah. uh, Diallo's Guerrero, who had like a 54 ERA. That, that plan didn't work there. So, I think somehow right. he actually made his uh, ERA go up. If that's if that's any uh, any uh, any indication of how good he was this year, so it's uh, it's not looking good. Nope. But tonight they play the Mets. Aaron Nola is on the mound and making, I believe, his debut. I know he was called up yesterday, but I don't think he got into the game uh, yesterday's game. But uh, Mickey, Mickey Moniak. Moniak will be uh, in the lineup tonight playing left field. As you mentioned, all the injuries that um, the Phillies have had. And now uh, Kyle Garlick is uh, the latest to, I guess, he's either injured or, or just got sent down. I think it was an injury that they – He's injured, yeah. He's, he's injured. So uh, Mickey Moniak, obviously the first-round pick of the Phillies a few years back, uh, will finally be uh, – 
making his debut. What are your thoughts on uh, Mickey Moniak, Mike? About time. No, I'm kidding. He, he was a young kid. He was a high school kid when they drafted him. So uh, four years, that's pretty good to get into the uh, major leagues. Uh, what, what's he, only 21 or something right now? Maybe 20, 22? 22. Yeah, yeah so, uh, so he's, uh, that, that's pretty decent. That's better than what the Phillies did with Brian Howard, waiting until he was 26. Uh, so I'm happy to see a number one pick, number one overall pick, pick. Um, come up and, and make his debut tonight. And you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it away. Um, but my uh, my Phillies pick of the week, did we, can we have Phillies picks of the week too? We don't talk about them too much. Hey. My Phillies pick of the week is Mickey Moniak to hit a home run at his first at bat for his first major league knock. Okay. That's, that's bold. Yeah, I don't like Seth Lugo. Even though he has a two six three ERA, which is better than uh, all the other Phillies starters except for Nola, so <laughs> let's go, Mickey Moniak, do it for me. <laughs> all right, so Mickey Moniak, look for his first at bat. It looks like he's ninth in the lineup tonight. So yeah, uh, hopefully, you st- hopefully you still slam. see him in the first inning. Hopefully, uh, all right, maybe. But uh. Oh, yeah, can I do like, that? Can I do Grand Slam for him, too? I'll do two bats. <laughs> that would be uh, spectacular to see. But, yeah, that's that's my actual bet. I did put that in. Um, I just, it can't be his first at bat. It's just to hit a home run at any time. I'm just saying it's going to be his first at bat. His first at bat. All right. It's, you can't, it's not like the NFL where, where you can bet the first score of the game. You can't say that he's going to hit the, the first home run of the game or whatever. So Right. And hopefully it's not the first home run batting night. Hopefully, uh, grand slam. The uh, Phillies are able to. Well, even batting ninth, uh, there'd be a couple runs coming in before he even got up to the plate. I'm saying it's going to be the second inning. Okay. Second inning, grand, grand slam. slam. To, to put the Phillies up five, five nothing. All right. All right. How do you like that one? All right. So remains to be seen tonight. Probably by the time you uh, listen to this podcast, you're either uh, bowing down the mic and calling him a genius, or just shaking your head at it. But uh, remains most to likely that. shaking your head. But you know but, what? Hey, you never you gotta know. put yourself out there. You gotta go out on the limb. So I think there's uh, 12 games left. Phillies clinging on to a playoff spot. So uh, buckle up. I think we'll. I think it's setting up that we'll. You know who have... I'm rooting for, Tom? Who's that? The L.A. Dodgers. Already clinched. I don't care. They need to win the next 10 games to win 45 games. Because you know what that means? I win $600. They're 35 and 15 right now. So the best they can do is 45 and 15 in the 60-game season. And Mm -hmm. I bet a team to win 45 or more games. So the L.A. Dodgers got to clinch it up for me. Clutch it up, not clinch it up. Clutch it up for me. Uh, and win the next 10 games, their last 10 games of the season, to, to get a 45-win season in a 60-game season. It's a very, very long shot uh, at this point. They'll probably go like 8-2. and two or, or You know what they'll do? They'll do 9-1 and one and lose the last game of the season because nobody cares at that point. And, and I'll be absolutely flabbergasted at that point. But that's the team I'm rooting for for the rest of the year, just as a side so Mike can have a nice payday. And I can get my I can get my gaming PC. There you go. 
So there you go. Just uh, yeah, ten games left for the for the Dodgers. Ten and zero, and and Mike's in some cash. All right. Yep. Yeah. Nice. All right. Anything else on baseball, Mike? Or we want to? Nah, I don't think so. Switch mm-hmm. over. Maybe we'll talk a topic that is close to my heart, Mike. Uh, we're going to talk a little Prem. The English Premier League started last week. Uh, the Spurs did not have a good start uh, losing to Everton in what was a uh, dreadful game. I think, Mike, the rumors are out now that that was all a master class by uh, Josie Mourinho to show how uh, ineffective the Spurs offense could be because what have the Spurs been working on this week? It is the return of Gareth Bale to the Spurs lineup. Uh, by the time that we wrap up this podcast or you're listening to it, all indications are that uh, Gareth Bale will be returning to the Spurs, probably playing that uh, uh, up top or uh, on, the, on the wing in the 4-3-3 uh, next to Harry Kane. And it also looks like they are signing uh, from Real Madrid uh, Regulon to play left back. So Spurs making some moves, uh, trying to bolster the lineup as they get into the home stretch. Actually uh, took a 2-1 win today in Bulgaria to continue to advance. Uh, or Somehow. I guess the, the first – well. <laughs> that, was cr- that was the craziest stuff I've ever watched. <laughs> you know, to only get a 2-1 win in Bulgaria. Uh, have when, two when, red cards help when you. you. When you have an 11-9 advantage. We – yeah, it was it was a little bit of a, a hair raising one, but uh, what Tungy, did you call it? That was Spursy. That was Spursy. Uh, <laughs> Tungy and Dombele with the goal though, so maybe that's a good yeah. sign of uh, things to come for the Spurs. But yeah, two. Uh, I think a lot of it's a story that's getting attention across the Premier League uh, with Gareth Bale mm-hmm. returning from Real Madrid to only wanted to come to the Spurs. I know there was some. Uh, Man U was looking at Gareth Bale, but it looks mm-hmm. like he will be on a loan. And I believe Real Madrid is picking up 60% of his wages. So uh, the Spurs able to keep their wage structure relatively in place. Uh, I don't think Gareth Bale and uh, Zinedine Zidane got along at all uh, at Real Madrid. So it's uh, the sun is coming home. He's coming back. To North London, and then also the son is coming home to join son, which will there be you a go, nice duo. duo. Absolutely, well, so it'll be a great trio now. That, with, that's uh, a uh, it's a game. it's a pretty formidable uh, front three. Yep. Uh, so definitely looking forward to it, and hopefully this is uh, Spurs start to get some of their mojo back. I think it's been uh, obviously they were in the Champions League, uh, not last season, the season before, and then just had a rough go of it in the 1920 Prem campaign, but I think maybe starting to see some life now uh, in addition to some other additions that they made. Daniel Levy is finally investing in the club, uh, which is good to see, and I think it uh, more good things to come from the Spurs, Mike. Yeah, I'm actually excited for Bale to come over. Um, I'm excited for Regulon to come over as well. Um, I, I like when, when players return to the Prem and when young players like Regulon come over to the Prem, it only strengthens the greatest football league um, in the in the world, and it's really, really nice to see. Now, I'm excited for it for that reason, but I am also an avid FIFA um, 
FIFA EA Sports FIFA soccer game um, or football game, really, uh, player. So I am happy for that reason as well. Gareth Bale is a 83-rated card, uh, so I'm hoping to pack him because he's probably going to be worth 300K, knowing how Spurs fans work on on the FIFA on the foot ultimate market um they, they usually drive up the cost unlike their team so it's it's nice to see an 83 rated player um come back to the prem he's going to be great he has a deadly left foot he has a great looking card um but it is nice to uh to see bale come back to the prem where i thought he always should have stayed um funny enough though Mourinho's always wanted bale he's always wanted bale on his side even when he coached for what managed for uh for Madrid, uh, he wanted Bale then, um, but the club just wasn't in a position to bring him in with all the big names they already had at the club, including uh, Di Maria at the time. Um, so now uh, Gareth Bale finally gets to manage – or Gareth Bale. <laughs> Jose Mourinho finally gets to, to manage Gareth Bale um, at Spurs, uh, funny enough. So I, I am happy to see that, Tom. Um, that, is, uh, that is great news for Spurs fans everywhere. Now, enough, uh, enough loving on the Spurs. No, one, one quick, you know, I, you've done your fair share of Man City right. talk on this podcast, so I have one more piece of Spurs love for everybody, and that's if uh, you have Amazon Prime. It's the oh, All yeah, or Nothing uh, series uh, actually featured uh, the Spurs this season, so I believe nine of the episodes are out at this point. Uh, I'm through the first six, and I find it highly entertaining. Uh, Who the hell's Danny Rose, by the way? What's that? Who the hell's Danny Rose? A little worm. What the hell's wrong with him? <laughs> I, I'll tell you, that is probably the highlight of the first six episodes where it's like Daniel Levy sitting down with Danny Rose, and he's telling him, listen, um, you know, we're, we're trying to loan you out to Newcastle or, or uh, Burmouth, and he's going, well, what about Milan? If there was a player that just didn't have an, an understanding of what their value is in the marketplace right now, Daniel Levy's just sitting there, well, uh, you know, Milan, uh, you know, they're, they're not interested at the moment. You know, they, it, they only it, have Lucas Hernandez, so <laughs> they don't want your ass. Sorry. It, it, it was just uh, <laughs> very interesting, but I, I think it's – it's been obviously that just the level of transparency that you see from from Levy and, and Jose Mourinho with the players. I mean, he's called out Deli Alley a couple times for basically being lazy in training. Uh, Jose Mourinho kind of tells it like it is, and and I think I know a lot of Spurs fans were not sold on uh, Jose when he was appointed manager. I think a lot were. Uh, Pochettino fans and and Josie just has a different style than uh, Pochettino did. So I think there was some reluctance to uh, really, even though despite all the trophies, I think they're, you know, Spurs have a way of wanting to play with flair and and play with style. And they didn't see that with Josie, but I think through the all or nothing series, uh, they're starting to, uh, I, I at least have a better appreciation for Josie. And I think a lot of Spurs fans are, as well. If you recall, this is the same uh, documentary that was for the Eagles last season, and Amazon actually did the all or nothing with the Philadelphia Eagles last season. I thought that was good. I watched it because I was an Eagles fan. I didn't think it was necessarily one of the best of these kind of behind closed doors uh, shows. I just didn't, I don't know if it was the Eagles just didn't give the access that, that some teams do or not. But That's why I haven't watched it. 
Yeah, this uh, this what's that? The Spurs I ne- one? I never, no, I never watched the Eagles one because of all the bad reviews. I never bothered to watch it. I mean, I think it it was good for Brandon Graham. Uh, Brandon Graham was definitely the star of that all or nothing for uh, the Eagles and just him and his, and his daughter and just the personality that he has. I think uh, if you're not a fan of Brandon Graham, which I think everybody is at this point, I know maybe a rough start, but uh, there's not a lot of people that don't like Brandon Graham at this point. If you, if, but if you're one of them, you definitely like Brandon Graham after the Eagles all or nothing show. But the, uh, the one so far on the Spurs has been, has been pretty top notch and, and definitely worth checking out whether you're a Spurs fan Hopefully, if you're a Spurs fan, you're probably already checking it out. If you're just a fan of the Prem, definitely worth checking it out. And maybe if you're not into the soccer thing, definitely check it on, and maybe you'll become a Spurs fan afterwards. Football. Football. Football, Tom. It's football. It's soccer. Football. All right. <laughs> All right. Can I love on Man City? Actually, I'm not. I'm just happy they played this week because it was, it was canceled last week due to the fact that – both Manchester teams, Manchester City and Manchester United. Manchester United, yeah. Um, they were, uh, for some reason in my head, that didn't come out right, but it did. Uh, they were both canceled due to the fact that they uh, they actually were playing in Europe, uh, European football, and they went a little further um, than the Spurs. So their, their game was postponed a week. Um, so they get an extra game in there when – when they're playing, what, like 27 games between now and the, uh, and Christmas or whatever the heck, uh, whatever the heck the uh, Premier League schedule is. It's a very hectic schedule with that and Champions League and Europa League and all that fun stuff coming up. Um, but it's uh, nice to see the uh, Man City get back out on the field. Have to wait until Monday afternoon, 3.15 against the Wolves. Um, so we, uh, I have to wait a little longer. Nothing on the transfer front. Um, the Koulibaly deal is, is still rumors at this point. Man City just don't want to deal with, um, with uh, Napoli directly. They keep wanting to deal through players' agents, so that's holding it up. And now it's coming out that City only want to pay uh, about $50 million or $60 million um, for a player that is worth about $75 million um, in Napoli's eyes. So that's holding it up as well. So that hasn't happened. Um, City have put out a couple other bids. Um, Upa Meccano, um, he plays for uh, Red Bull Leipzig in the Bundesliga. He's a pretty good young uh, center half, uh, which would be great uh, in the city's defense. Um, but he's going he's gonna to warrant a huge ransom um, for his transfer fee, probably somewhere in the range of 90, 95 million because he is a big talent. Um, City also are looking at Jose um, Jimenez out of Atletico Madrid. They actually put in an offer, $79 million plus about $10 million in bonuses. Um, doesn't look like uh, that's going anywhere. Jimenez wants to stay at Atletico, um, and Atletico wants Jimenez to stay there. Um, that's really all there is with City news. Uh, I know the Mbappe rumors are now starting since Mbappe has told PSG um, that he wants out after this year. Um, so City are already on the phones with that. Um, and the messy thing won't die. Um, it still looks like City are the front runners, even if they are in on Mbappe as well, um, to sign him uh, next summer uh, when he can leave on a free. 
Um, so we shall see where that goes. But I'm just happy that the Prem's back. I, I was loving it. I got up at 7.30. I don't even remember who the hell I was watching. It might have been the – it was Arsenal. Yeah, because I had, I had money on that game. I had Arsenal to score three goals, and they did. So that was nice. Um, and uh, I, I forget. I, they were playing uh, – Fulham, right? Yeah, yeah. Falham. Yeah, they were playing Falham. Is that what it is, Falham? No, that's their that's oh. their nickname because they foul too much. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> so they're foul ham. Um, uh, another cool game uh, was the Leeds uh, Liverpool. I did have money on that game. I said they were my pick of the week, um, but uh, that didn't come to fruition. But man, that was a fun game. <laughs> that was a definitely a fun game, and I I really thought that uh, Leeds was at least going to get the draw. I I, I bet them so. to I bet them to win or draw. Uh, in that game, I definitely thought uh, they were going to be able to get a draw. But what a high-scoring game. I actually do have a bet for the full year on the futures market. Leads to finish top 10. I mm-hmm. think if you look the last couple of years, one of the teams that has been promoted from championship has has kind of done well. Leeds kind of plays a, a very open style, similar to what you see with Man City and Arsenal. Certainly not to the caliber of those teams yet. Um, but you know, I, I think they are going to be a team that surprises uh, a lot of teams or clubs in the uh, Premier League this year. I, I always say that their manager's name's uh, name wrong. I think it's Bielsa, Bielsa or Bielsa or something like that. Um, not not the guy who coached for the Penguins, but uh, he's a uh, he's a very good coach. He's never really won hardware anywhere until. Uh, I mean, he's won a couple trophies. Obviously, he won the championship last year with uh, with Leeds down in the championship. Uh, but he plays an awesome style of football. A lot of managers um, copy his style. Um, so, Belisa, Belisa? I, 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 I can't remember his name. I can say it once it pops into my head. But when it's Marco Bielsen, right? It's like, yeah, it's but it, I think it's like Beliza or something. They, they say it weird. I don't know. It's just not coming to me. Maybe for Leeds fans watching, um, you can uh, you can let me know. Fun fact: Leeds got me into uh, into football um, back in the uh, late nine, well, mid to to late nineties when I was a youngster. Um, they were they were winning Champions Leagues and. To, then they just went to went to absolute hell and went down to the third third league in England and I stopped watching them and started watching City because they had just got promoted um, back to the uh, the Prem back in uh, the oh the two thousand two thousand one season um, they got promoted back after being relegated the season before um, from the Prem so it was uh, that that's when my love of City started twenty years ago. Um, so I'm definitely not a front runner. I know a lot of people like to say I am, but, but I'm not, I've, I've been watching, watching them almost as long as I've been watching the Eagles. So, um, you sound uh, very defensive there, Mike. Eh, well, you know, I mean, I, I'm in a lot of Twitch streams and I, and I talk to a lot of my tri- Twitch, uh, Twitch people out there, Liverpool and United fans for some reason. Uh, so that they like to bang on me uh, a, a little bit for being a city fan, and they hear you're American, so oh, you're a front runner, blah 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 blah. No, I like them when they're absolute dog shit. <laughs> so, so it's a, uh, it's definitely a thing that that I can hang my hat to. I've been watching forever. Um, thank you, Paul Dickoff, for for bringing us back to the prep. Thank you very much. There you go. Anything else on Prem League, Mike? Nope, just happy it's back. It'll be in my bets, obviously, coming up in the uh, 
either the next segment or the segment after that. All right. Where to next? I guess we could talk a little Sixers, Mike. Uh, Very little. Still waiting on them to kind of discuss the free – the organizational changes that they're going to do to the front office, but uh, there seems to be a new candidate for head coach. Uh, It's not a – it's a familiar name to the the Sixers. Uh, Mike D'Antoni was the coach of the Houston Rockets. They were eliminated in the second round of bubble basketball in the playoffs and now uh, is being rumored to uh, be the head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers. So, uh, Mike, what, what's your take on Mike D'Antoni? I don't remember if we said his name when we talked about him a couple weeks ago. I think we may have or briefly mentioned, mentioned it. Um, so I'm kind of happy about that. Uh, it's, a, it's a familiar face. I think it's a face that JoJo, um, or, or as we know him here, Jaw uh, and Ben, I, I think they, they were happy with him when he was a uh, assistant coach here. It was only a couple years ago, but um, yeah, it was only a few years ago, and it was kind of a weird dynamic. And I know there was rumors back then that the uh, front office was going to fire Brett Brown and and instill D'Antoni, and then mm-hmm. he went off to become a coach. So I I don't know the relationship with with D'Antoni and Ben and and Joel, but um, definitely Mike D'Antoni has a relationship with uh, the Sixers front office currently, which. It makes you wonder if the current Sixers front office hires Mike D'Antoni, are you really going to make changes to the Sixers front office? Yeah, probably not. I think the front office is going to stay intact. Maybe they, maybe they make a couple changes here or there, but I think they're going to give Elton Brand a full off season um, and, and not kind of be behind Brett and make his own decisions. Uh, and bring in his own free agents and overhaul the roster to his liking. Um, so if they bring in people, it's going to be people that are going to help Elton and not undermine Elton, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, but certainly a, uh, a tall task ahead of Elton Brand. Sure. Uh, that Al Horford contract uh, is a tough one. I think there's one other contract that's, uh, if you look, really Tobias bad. Harris, Josh Tobias. Richardson can – we can pick him out of the hat. <laughs> I mean, I mean, at least to, uh, Josh Richardson is, is serviceable. I just uh, wish he didn't get hurt as much, you know? Yeah. Tobias Harris, I, I think, obviously, and I think you see now we're in the Eastern Conference Finals and how much of a gut punch is it to see the Celtics against the Miami Heat in the Conference Finals and Jimmy I Butler. Um, I just hope, I, I love it. I hope it lights a fire under the Sixers' ass. And they come out next year firing on all cylinders all year. You would hope. I, I just hope it doesn't, you know, kind of start to sow. Obviously, uh, Joel Embiid was a big fan of Jimmy Butler. And it sounds like Ben Simmons wasn't. I don't know if, you know, Jimmy Butler is able to take this Miami Heat team. I think they have a great – I think they beat the Celtics. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they have a good chance against the – what I think is going to be the Lakers, uh, you know, will will beat the Nuggets in the uh, Western Conference Finals. I do think the Heat have a fairly decent chance at uh, winning bubble basketball this year. Yeah. Uh, 
So I, I don't know what kind of dynamic that does where you had this key cog. I mean, everybody was talking about running it back last year and you get rid of, you get rid of the wrong guy. You should have got rid of Tobias and, and kept uh, Jimmy Butler. And I think it certainly would have worked if you had, even if you moved Ben Simmons to the four and you still could have played uh, Jimmy at the three. Now you're trying to do Tobias at the, the four. And, you know, I, they, I, I think they're the, the Sixers for being the process really kind of dug themselves into mediocrity with the moves that they made last fall season. So definitely uh, an uphill battle for Elton Brand this season. It'll be remains to see uh, what he can do. And, uh, but thoughts overall on Mike D'Antoni, I think I like it. I don't know if I love it. It'll be whether I think runs a, a fairly, you know, high powered offense. Uh, don't know how much he, get centers involved. He's run that small ball down in Houston this year. That kind of is the exact opposite of the roster construction we have with the Sixers this year. So it remains to, remains to be seen how much of a fit it could be. I'd be happy with it, certainly over Tyrone Lou and others. I just wish they wouldn't go, you know, they kind of break the wheel a little bit and find somebody else into college ranks or, you know, a very strong assistant coach somewhere at, at a, well, we went that route the last time, right? Getting one of, uh, the strongest uh, assistant coach assistant from, um, you know, from the Spurs. So it uh, remains to be seen. May, maybe D'Antoni would, would work out here. I don't know if there's a lot of, ins, inspir, you know, inspirational uh, choices out there that the Sixers could pick from. Oh, probably not. But, I mean, it's nice, nice to see that they're going in a different direction than lose. So I'm happy about that at least. Uh, for sure. All right, Tom. I think I think we're going to save the Flyers, guys. We'll, we'll we'll save the Flyers for our first episode in October. Uh, we'll also do the the <laughs> probably hyped up, most hyped up episode that hasn't happened yet in the uh, Claude Giroux um, episode, the Tom versus Mike and the Claude Giroux legacy episode. Uh, we'll do a Flyers kind of like a, a a draft upcoming draft uh we'll look at the prospects that that might be coming the flyers way we'll look at free agency and we'll also do the uh claude Giroux, um claude Giroux takes that both of us have so i think that's where we're going to leave it with the sports talk today and move on to uh something else not unless tom has something Looks like well just has- real quick on a flyers note um Congratulations to Sean Couturier on winning the Selkie. I don't oh, think yeah. we, we've touched upon that. So uh, yeah. definitely well-deserved for the best player on the Flyers. Yeah, for sure. He's definitely the best player on the Flyers right now. That's, uh, that's no doubt about that. And I think he showed it probably the past year and a half. So that's, uh, that's no argument here anymore from, uh, from me on that one, at least. There you go. So, Mike, real quick. Yep. I want to, I want to, we, we talked about fantasy. I wish I had checked some of my emails earlier. Got a trade proposal. We'll do this ooh, live ooh, on the podcast. Ooh, I, like right? I like it. All right. Marquis, I'd be giving up Marquise Brown and Antonio uh-huh. Gibson in exchange uh-huh. getting Malcolm Brown, Tevin Coleman, and Damian Harris, who's presently hurt. So Damian Harris is hurt. Tevin Coleman, I believe, got about three snaps in 
productive 49ers offense. So, yeah, that's uh, a hard and, then, no. and then Malcolm Brown. That's, that's a hard no from me. Yeah, I, I'm the same. So I think uh, Marquise Brown, now it's only week one. So you can say the same thing, right? Marquise Brown had a great game for the Ravens, but I, I like his chances of continuing that week's uh, two through 17. Uh, yeah, over over best, best wide receiver option down there. Over over Malcolm Brown's chances uh, of continuing his his work right there. So I will while you tee up uh, for our bet segment. I'm just gonna go in and hit reject. All right, All right. here we go. All right, guys. Now our this is still my favorite episode, favorite uh, second favorite, I guess. I do like the beer episode a lot, or the beer segment a lot. But uh, here we go with on a couch and Bets of the week. We already had a couple bets of the week, really, with our with our Eagles picks. Um, but uh, but this week uh, with bets, guys, I'm going to keep it simple. Uh, tonight, I'm I'm hoping to get this episode out tonight. I don't know. Um, I have uh, back to school night for my uh, son. First ever back to school night uh, coming up uh, in, in a few minutes here. Uh, but I'm going to go with uh, tonight the the. Bengals and Browns play Thursday night football. Uh, FanDuel pulled out a thing. If you put a $20, $20 bet on a same-game three-leg parlay, you get a free $10 bet. Uh, so, basically, you get a bet 50% off. Uh, so, I went with Joe Mixon as an anytime, anytime touchdown scorer. I went with uh, Baker Mayfield, uh, his rushing yards over five and a half. I think he does like a six-yard run. Maybe maybe uh, somewhere in there. I think five and a half is uh, pretty good for the over. The under was uh, was like plus 200. So I, I don't know what was up with this line. It was a very weird line to me. Um, so I thought it was a no-brainer to do the, uh, do the over five and a half. And uh, Kareem Hunt, I also did a Kareem Hunt over 24 and a half receiving yards. I can see him doing that on like three catches for like 30 yards or something like that. He just signed a new two-year deal either last week or or the beginning of this week. So I think they'll look to get him more involved in the offense. So that three-leg parlay, $20 bet, uh, plus $671, that'll pay me out $143.20. And I really only have one more bet for you uh, to go, even though I can't find it somewhere. I thought I already did it, but, you know, I'll get it easy, easy. you know what? Maybe I'll do uh, I'll do three bets in the Premier League. Uh, I'll do Everton uh, to beat West Brom. They're a minus one ninety five. Um, I will do. Is this is this right? I'm doing Leeds to beat Falham, otherwise known as Fulham. Um, and I'm also going to do Manchester City uh, to beat Wolves on Monday night. Um, you could do that as a three-team parlay. You get a little bit more value. Um, they're all pretty much heavy favorites in their games. Um, a three-team parlay gets you plus 268. Um, again, that's Everton minus 195. Um, Leeds minus 165. And City minus 195. Uh, it's a low line against Wolves, probably because Wolves beat them twice last year. Um, so that's, that's kind of why that line's probably a little lower now. Um, but those are my bets for the week. Um, we got the uh, the NFL game tonight, Thursday night football, uh, Bengals, uh, Browns, 
Joe Mixon to score a touchdown. Baker to get over five and a half yards rushing. Uh, Kareem Hunt to get over 24 and a half yards receiving. And then Everton, Leeds, uh, and Man City all to win um, this weekend in the Premier League. All right. I kind of like that Kareem Hunt over number. I might bet that uh, separately, uh, 24, because I do think that the uh, the game script will call for uh, some passing out of the, the Cleveland Browns. So my picks this week, I mentioned it earlier in the episode where you can get those advanced lines, and that comes into play in you know, a couple of my bets. So I'm at least going to talk about some of the strategy that I had um, at least going into this week. So I do have a bet for Thursday night tonight. I have uh, the Bengals at plus seven. So why is that? Obviously seven is important from a touchdown standpoint. That line is actually now sitting at six. Uh, so I did get the extra point just by betting that game early. I do think Cincinnati looked pretty good. They didn't pull out the win against the Chargers. I think uh, sometimes the Chargers have a, you know, are able to pull out the rabbit, uh, out of their uh, backside with some of the wins that they have. I think Cincinnati looked like the better team uh, in that game for most of it. So, and the Browns did not look good. This is a division rivalry coming back on a Thursday night. I think it's going to be a close game one way or the other. So I like Cincinnati plus the seven that I was got uh, at six right now. Um, I, I might still bet it at six, but I certainly feel better at the at the the seven number I got. So this way it's a push at a touchdown. The second game that I looked at uh, on, on the advanced lines was the Buffalo Bills against the Miami Dolphins. And the spread right now is six and a half points. I was able to get it at – or six points right now. I was able to get it at three and a half. So I bet the Bills minus the three and a half against um, – uh, the Miami Dolphins. Now, on this bet, I am going to wait to see if uh, the six line actually gets up to about six and a half for Miami. And if we can get a little bit of maybe about a half a point extra, because then I'm going to try and thread this thread the needle on a car door. I do think this is a close game. Buffalo looks really good, but they are going down to Miami playing in the heat. So if I can get Miami – uh, plus six and a half. I'm actually going to bet the other side of this game too, and hopefully that it lands in you know kind of that four to six point uh, range. And uh, so I'm, I'm kind of both sides, hoping that it lands exactly like a a 24-20 game. I think that's the second time I throw out that score. But if I can get it to land there, get Miami plus six and a half, and maybe Buffalo minus three and a half, you know that that's when you uh, you have a good time at betting. Um, so look out for that. Two other games for three other games for Sunday. I do like Arizona minus six and a half against the Washington football team. Uh, I, I think a lot of people are taking Washington on this side. They're saying, hey, Washington looked a lot better. And, you know, the Arizona only beat the, Card uh, only beat the Niners, who they had a good run against last season. I don't think Washington looked as good. You and I obviously watched that game pretty closely. That is not a good team that really lucked out in getting that win. So I think Arizona will roll uh, the Washington football team. So I like Arizona minus the six and a half there. Detroit Green Bay. 
That's another game that I'm looking at. The over right now is 49 and a half. I like the over in that game. Uh, Matthew Stafford is healthy and he's playing. I know Galladay is out, but at least the Lions showed that they were able to move the ball against this Packers team. And I think that on the other side, uh, the Lions have uh, three members of their secondary out. So Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Stafford uh, going against, I think it's going to be a high scoring game. So I like the over 49 and a half in Packers, Lions, and then one other one that I bet for this week. I, I'm trying to put the, the ones that I bet early aside and give you three that you can take action on now um, this Sunday. Uh, the other one that I'll give you is Pittsburgh Steelers also giving up six and a half points. I don't always bet the, uh, you know, giving up points. I generally try to look for teams that I think can keep it close and they're getting a large spread. But in the case of this game, I do like Pittsburgh minus six and a half. I think Pittsburgh is legit. I actually put uh, a bet on them on the over under. Uh, I know Baltimore is the favorite to win that uh, division. I actually think Pittsburgh has a great shot at winning that division and being one of the top teams in the AFC uh, this week. Going against a Denver team that uh, does have to travel east. It's not as big of a trip, Denver to Pittsburgh, but it is a, a pretty long flight. Uh, going against a tough defense. Philip Lindsay is going to be out for a couple of weeks with turf toe, so they are limited to Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon looked okay, not great against that Tennessee defense, and I think that Pittsburgh has a stronger defense there. Cortland Sutton remains to be seen whether he's going to be uh, in or not for the Broncos. So all of, all of that adds up to me. Pittsburgh has a tendency to play very well at home as well. I like the Steelers minus the six and a half points against the Broncos. So just a quick recap. Obviously, I like uh, Cincinnati on uh, Thursday night football. I'm going to look to see if I can get six and a half points for Miami. And if so, I might bet the other side of my previous bet. So just look out there if you're tracking FanDuel or, or DraftKings. Look to see if you can get six and a half, maybe seven, even the day of the game. If not, uh, you know, maybe fade it. But I do think that could be a four to four to six point game uh, win for the Bills. And then I like the over under on Vic, uh, Lions Packers. I like Arizona minus six and a half. And I like the Steelers minus six and a half for this week. I like Hopefully it. I make me and I make you guys some money. Yeah, that would be nice. That's, that's our whole aim. We're trying – Try to make you money. Uh, not only you guys, we do these bets, so we're hoping yes. these bets come out. So when when they don't, the when they don't, we're we're pissed off as well, guys. But that's uh, here's hoping we uh, we bring home some bacon per se uh, this week, Tom. There you go, Tom. Are you ready for a debut of a new song that we kind of heard a preview of? Because I'm slow and I can't hit pauses as quickly as I used to. Yeah, there you go. I, I heard maybe a distracting noise uh, as I was giving my, yeah, my pick. So what I do you tried got? to hit it pause real quick, but I, I, I do like um, – I'm pretty good at drinking beer, but uh, I, I like this song as well from Justin Moore. Mommy, why do you drink so much? Cause it's Friday, cause it's Monday, cause it's a charcoal burning Sunday. Why we drink Cause the sun's up 
you know what, guys? There's a thousand reasons, but that's why we drink. Because whatever reason you guys have out there, go ahead and have a beer, Tom. Yeah, I, I didn't hear in there, and, and maybe Justin Moore can add it to the song because the Eagles blew a 17-point lead. Oh, no, 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 no. It keeps going. You ready? Okay. All right. We'll, we'll keep going to, to that part. Done now. Yeah, that's why we drink. Cause I don't know where it is in the song, but he says. And because our team lost. So I think he is frozen. He is back. He jumped to life from a from a statuesque look to a bang right back onto the screen. So there you go. I a little bit of technical difficulties. I think things froze up. But uh yeah, good song. So Mike, what are you uh what are you drinking for this week's episode? So I am drinking a uh, pumpkin ale uh from Fathead's brewery called Spooky Tooth. Uh, it's very, very good. I enjoy it a lot. It's nine percent, um, twenty-two IBU. Um, so it's a uh, it's a pretty potent one uh, at nine percent. It's a it's a nice little fat can, twelve ouncer. You don't see that too often anymore. Um, but I do like it. I had it on Sunday as well for the Eagles, so I have to drink them before Sunday because I can't drink the same beer again um, this week because, like I said, our team lost, and that's why we drink. So. That's, there that's you go. I don't have any barbecue for you guys this week. I will this weekend, though. I'm not too sure what it's going to be. I'm hoping a nice uh, pork belly or something like that. Ah, sounds good. I also am uh, doing a, a pumpkin beer this week from uh, – I like a lot of breweries uh, that are local, but uh, this is one of my favorite craft breweries that are not from the area. Uh, it is Cigar City based out of Tampa. I had the opportunity to hit them up one time when I was in the area and it's a uh, phenomenal brewery, good brew pub, uh, a lot of fun. They are the makers of the uh, High Ally uh, IPA, which is probably one of my favorite IPAs. So this is a pumpkin beer from Cigar City called Good Gourd. And uh, I, I think it has a good balance, 8. 8% alcohol by volume. So it, it does uh, pack a little bit of a punch, but I think it gives a good blend of good beer taste also with the pumpkin and it has kind of the, the pumpkin pie with uh, flavor with the vanilla and the cinnamon. So just overall, uh, very tasty addition to the uh, pumpkin beer selection because it is, it is pumpkin season at this point. Uh, Can you hear that? Hold on, Tom. I found it. I got to share my screen, though. I got I stopped sharing my screen, but I shared the sound. That way you can see what he says. All right, here we go. All right, so here, here's the part. It was literally right after I paused it. So here it goes. Cause our team lost. Cause our team won. 
There you go. So because our team lost, because, because our, team our team won. won. <laughs> so that's that's why we drink, whether it be a, I like that one, Tom. I might have to go out and find that. You know, Good word. I think available uh, pretty much all around, anywhere where you would see like the, the you know, the high ally IPA. I think that a lot of the places have uh, – the good gourd definitely a highly recommended pumpkin beer i like it all right well that's all i have here tom so i don't have anything else until uh maybe we'll do a happy post game live on sunday huh yeah let's hope so i think uh well at least if the eagles uh if the game turns out like we have our bets we should be looking at a uh you know, maybe a lower scoring game but definitely one that the eagles pull out so that's wraps up this week's episode, definitely check us out on all social media. Obviously, we have the Facebook page, On a Couch in Delco, as well as the Twitter page, at On Delco. I'm sure uh, we'll definitely be active between now and kickoff for the birds. Uh, and, and definitely uh, check us out wherever you're listening to the podcast, whether it's iTunes, uh, you know, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Stitcher, uh, every place but tuned in at this point you know if you can give us the five-star review let us know how we're doing get awareness out there for the podcast because we try to bring everything that two guys on the couch in delco want to talk about we're talking philly sports we're talking beers we're talking barbecue throw in some other topics uh every now and then based on what's going on so thank you as always uh for listening and we hope to be back next week celebrating that eagles win so as always thanks for listening and Go birds. Go birds. Tom, you didn't say sign JT. We got to sign JT. Sign JT. And sign DD. I want DD too. Later, guys.